Hey, good morning, everybody. You hear the music. You know it's Wednesday. It is time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. In the studio, joining us today, realty expert John Brodine. And we're going to be talking with John right after this. Look, if you want that home, let's go get you that home. And it's okay to feel a little nervous. Or to not know what to look for. Because our network agents have the expertise to take the scary out of buying a home. Well, most of it. Now, let's go get you home. All right, we are back. John Brodine, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Good, good, good. Been a couple of weeks. Yes, I've uh, been, been. Been beating any people up or getting beat up or anything no, lately? No. No? Kind of taking a little time off? No, I'm still training. Yeah? Five five days a week, so. Oh, that's all? Yeah. Oh, yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when's your next uh, big gig? You got any, any anything lined up? I don't, I don't have anything uh, planned. I don't know when the next tournament is that's local here, but there's a couple uh, in September. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really able to do them. I had a couple little injuries nagging, and so, I, yeah, I haven't done any since May, since that last one in Minneapolis, but. I, I love training too. So even if I don't have a tournament or competition coming up, I'm always training. Yeah. So you, do you only take time off when it comes to injuries or is there a time of the year where you go, look, I mean, even professional athletes take a little break now and then, but do you ever say, okay, I'm taking the month of May off or July. You just, you're still five days a week, just pounding away. Yeah. Um, I had with these injuries, it wasn't enough where I had to take time off, but I mm-hmm. just wouldn't have been where I, you know, I, I there were, my ankle was all messed up, so I, if I would have competed and gotten stuck in an ankle submission, oh. I would have probably hurt it a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but I was still able to train. I just had to be careful with it. Um, no, I never really take any time off. If I go on vacation, um, I usually try to train like once or something uh-huh. or a couple times, depending on what we're doing. But sometimes that'll be a situation where I take a few days off. Well, I, w- I would imagine, oh, as is in any physical-type sport, your opponent would take advantage of that if they knew, hey, I'm fighting John Brodine coming up here, but he's got a bum ankle. Yeah. Which ankle? You yeah. know, they're probably going to go all over that. Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't tape it up, or if you do, tape both of them up or something. Yeah. Yep. Don't uh, limp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it wasn't so bad that I couldn't, like, walk or couldn't do much, but it, it's in a situation where if it gets, like, extended and cranked on or something, it's going to hurt really mm-hmm. bad, and I have to tap out and lose or get it injured or something. That would be a bummer. Yeah. Big yeah. plans for Halloween? Well, we're going to be in Nashville for the oh, Hall that's of right. Fame game. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Awesome. You think we should talk realty stuff? I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, with what you guys do, I mean, you are the realty experts, and uh, you guys have taught me so many different things, but um, mm-hmm. what i really like to know is what is the most common question yeah. that buyers have? Yeah, so I, I've kind of put together some of the most common questions that we that we get um, the first one being, what's the first step to buying a home? First step to buying a home, we had Shanna in last time I was on, is mm-hmm. getting pre-approved. Um, you definitely want to know what homes are going to fall within your budget, where your monthly payment wants to be, um, that sort of thing. So you can start the home search right. And once you have that pre-approval, you are officially a buyer. You're able to actually you know, go for something mm-hmm. and see the right opportunity. But until then, you're really not. You don't have any leverage. You don't have anything. Um, so you really shouldn't be starting to look at homes until you get your pre-approval done. Right. Um, even if you don't buy right now, it's not a big deal. Thing lasts for like three months. It's super, maybe even four months now. It's super easy to uh, renew it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the first step. Um, 
Another commonly asked question is how much is my down payment going to be? So the, the old myth, you got to put 20% down to buy a home. Not true. Yeah, that's um, not true anymore. Yeah, in East Grand Forks, uh, if your income qualifies and all this other stuff, you can use a USDA loan, which is 0% down. If you're a veteran, you can use a 0% down VA loan. You can use that in Grand Forks and East Grand Forks and the surrounding area. Home needs – same with USDA. You need to meet some uh, – uh, condition requirements mm-hmm. too on the home. Uh, but as long as it's a decent move-in ready home, you'll be fine. Um, you've got uh, conventional loan products that are uh, insured, so you're able to put anywhere from 3 to 5% down. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are awesome. Those are probably some of the most commonly used. I, I read online that the average buyer puts about 11% down. So that okay. includes people who are buying their their final home, you know, where uh-huh. they're putting a large sum down. Their sure. second home where they're maybe putting 20% down. And first-time buyers where they're putting 3% down. Okay. So uh, it's not the 20% number. Um, another commonly asked question is, should I buy or rent? And even if they don't ask me this, this is something I'm going to cover with them. If they meet with me, they're a client of mine. I want to make sure they make the right decision and that they don't take an unnecessary risk. Mm-hmm. Um, usually... My cutoff for people is if you're if you can commit to living in the home for four or five years, it's a pretty sound financial decision to to own rather than rent. But if you could easily see yourself needing to move to a different town or wanting or maybe outgrowing your your new place in you know a couple years, it's actually safer to rent. No, I would think that would pain you a little bit to say, you know what? I think you're better off renting than buying a house from me, but. You, you got to be truthful, right? Yep. That's that's what it's all about. It's it's going to be a lifelong relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. And so honesty is really important. You have to you have to be honest with them. You have to tell them stuff maybe they don't even want to hear sometimes. Right. But it's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to know exactly what they're getting into. And if I encourage somebody who's only going to live in a home for two years to buy a home, they're probably going to call me when it comes time to sell it. And sure. if I told them, hey, this is a great idea. There's nothing that can go wrong. Financially, this is exactly the right decision to make and then in two years the market hasn't gone up they haven't paid much of their loan down it's expensive to sell and then now they're having to write a check to get out of it or yeah barely breaking even um and it's much harder to sell than it is to get out of a rental e- even if i don't make any money on it and they realize that they are better off renting until they're in a different you know mm-hmm. stage in life or whatever um they're gonna make, remember that they're gonna remember that and then um you know reputation's everything too so it's and, and I would imagine uh, you guys, a lot of it, your reputation, what you mentioned, but um, a lot of your so-called advertising would be word of mouth exactly. uh, because it's like finding a good doctor or a good banker or a, a good mechanic. Yep. Uh, it's the same thing with finding a good realty expert. Yep. Yep. You got to give everybody the right advice. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that advice doesn't serve me at all, but it could save that person a lot of money and a lot of headache. And that's that's what I'm here for, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, what doesn't any any more? So, um, yeah. Sh- so this one would apply to, to homeowners who are looking to buy a home. Um, should I uh, sell my home before I buy a new one, or should I, you know, buy the new one before I sell my home? Now, this is one of those answers where the answer is it depends. If you're in a hot hot seller's market where um, offers that are contingent upon a home sale are not getting accepted, or there's a high likelihood that even if they did accept it, you get bumped out Mm -hmm. by a non-contingent offer while you're trying to sell your home. It's better off to take the, so the risk of listing your home first and getting it, getting an offer on it and getting it under contract and then beginning shopping. The risk of that is that you could get stuck without a home for a little bit. 
But in a seller's market, the seller kind of holds more of the leverage. So the seller could set the closing out further. The buyer's going to have to conform more to the seller's terms in that market. Sure. So if you list your home first and get offers, you negotiate with them, you could negotiate like a, a sale and lease back where you close on your home, but they allow you to live in there for an extra month or 45 days and you pay them rent to live in mm-hmm. the home for that amount of time. You negotiate an extended closing to give you more time to search for a home. That's probably the the lower risk situation because in a seller's market, your offer, if it's contingent on home sales, probably not going to get taken very seriously. You're either going to have to overpay to get a home or you're at a high risk of getting bumped out or you're, or, you know, high likelihood of your offer not getting accepted at all. You know, tell me if, if this is common or not, because uh, when I, we bought our first starter home. Yep. Uh, and then we found our new home. Yep. Uh, which was significantly bigger, better, okay. more expensive. Um, but both were contingent on selling. Yep. So we had to sell our home and we wanted to buy their home, but they had to find a home and, and all of that. So what we did is we kind of swapped mortgages for a while, if that yeah. makes sense. Okay. We paid their mortgage so we could officially have that house and we basically they paid our old mortgage for but do, do things like that or is that just something you try to work out on your own with these people and and, and is that something that you realty experts deal with and, and work it out yeah so it is something that we deal with and work it out um more common than that would be a sale and lease back okay where you're uh you're selling your home but you need some time to shop for a new one so they let you, the buyers of your old home, let, mm-hmm. you, let you live there for a little while after closing. In your situation, was it an off-market deal? Uh, no. It wasn't. It mm. was on the market. So there's a lot of creative ways where you can structure it to make it work for both parties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had the same realtor for both. Okay. Which... And, and you know, it's it, like I said, it's going to depend on what the market's like. Mm-hmm. Because you were probably paying a higher mortgage and these people were paying a lower mortgage. But maybe that's what you had to do in order to get them to want to work with you mm-hmm. if it was the seller's market. So it's it's going to depend on who has the leverage okay. uh, in a lot of cases. And I will tell you this, John, this is way before your time. So that's why <laughs> okay. we did go with Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, okay, okay. It was a long time ago. You were probably about 10. Okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, any other questions? That, I mean, I would imagine of all the questions you get all the time, you've probably got a list of those top 10 or something. Yeah. So. And these are mostly questions for buyers, okay. Uh, but they are the most commonly asked ones. You know, another one is, uh, what is a seller's market and what is a buyer's market? I, I just referenced that when we're talking about the last question. But um, so, seller's market is when there's not very many homes for sale compared to the number of homes that sell each month. A buyer's market is exactly the opposite, where there's tons of homes for sale in comparison to how many sell each month. So. In a buyer's market, the buyers have all the leverage because there's not many buyers for the number of homes that are available. Mm -hmm. In a seller's market, the sellers have all the leverage because there are very few homes available, low inventory, uh, compared to the number of people who want to buy a home. And a balanced market is usually when there are roughly six months of inventory, meaning it would take six months at the rate that the homes are currently selling at for all the inventory to sell out. That's when neither the buyer or the seller is at a major disadvantage, and it's pretty balanced. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's inventory like now? It's still in the territory of a seller's market, and okay. it'll, it'll slow and and get closer to a balanced market. Like from 2015 to 2019, the winter months were more of a buyer's market, lots of inventory sitting out there compared to the number of homes actually selling. Mm-hmm. And then the spring and summer months would be more of a buyer's or a seller's market. Excuse me. Uh, right now, we're seeing it where you know it is a seasonal market still, but it's a really screaming hot seller's market in the spring and summer months and it's less of a 
dramatic seller's market, but still a seller's market in the winter and fall months. So All right. If, if somebody was heen and hon about possibly selling their house, would you recommend uh, wait till spring or... I guess it all depends on what the house is like, what they're asking for, and all of that stuff. Yep. Um, it's Again, it's going to depend if they have a home. Do they want to buy a home in Grand Forks? If that's the case, it might be easier to find the home that they're looking for right now uh-huh. compared to if they waited till the spring or summer months when it might be very hard or they might have to overpay for the type of home that they're looking for. Okay. Um, if they were selling here and leaving or selling here and going to rent or whatever, um, you're, you're probably going to – the odds are stacked the most in your favor roughly in, like, April and May. So I would probably okay. list no later than uh, the end of March. Uh-huh. But even if you were going to list in April or May, you should probably start talking to people like you now. You should. And, and there is a little risk involved in that because things could change. Interest mm-hmm. rates could go up. Um, you know, you never know what the market's going to be like six months from now. Right. Um, but if you're banking on the pattern continuing, the, the ideal month to – to uh, list your home to get top dollar would be that, you know, mm-hmm. end, end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, so another home that, or another question that buyers ask a lot, a lot of times is how many homes should I view before I decide to offer on one? It's completely up to you as yeah. a buyer. Um, it, it does help a lot to see homes in person, but seeing too many homes can also make the decision-making process harder on you. Sure. Um, I mean, if, if, if you like it, go for it. Yep, exactly. If if it feels right and your agent is knowledgeable and tells you, "Hey, like I think this is a, you know, this home's priced properly. It meets all your needs. Um, it might take a little bit before you f- another one comes on the market that's like this." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can feel comfortable going for it, even if you've only viewed a couple homes. A lot of times, homes look different in person than they do in pictures, so it is good to yeah. you know view some homes in person. But the home shopping process, it's a process of elimination. You want to. Uh, you don't want to keep adding options to the list and making it more difficult for you to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, once you do decide on making an offer on a home, a lot of people ask, "How long is it going to take to hear back?" Um, unless they have set up a specific deadline on when they're going to respond to offers, a lot of times the uh, you can expect to hear back usually within like 40, uh, 24 to forty eight hours. Okay, maybe even less. Um, that's about how long it takes for them to come back to you. A lot of times they will make a counter offer back to you, um, unless you're in a multiple, multiple offer situation. So if it's just, you're the only offer, it's probably going to take, you know, 24 to 48 mm-hmm. hours to get a counter offer back. Then you're going to negotiate back. It's pretty normal to go back and forth, you know, three, sure. or three or four times. So what do you tell people when they ask you, do I really need a home inspection? Okay. So home inspection, that's another one. Do I really need a home inspection? Commonly asked question. Uh, we typically say yes. It's We do recommend getting a home inspection. There's a lot of things that the average buyer, the untrained eye, can't see. Um, and it's nice to get a second opinion. It's not that expensive mm-hmm. when you're talking about how expensive a home is. You know, you're paying $350, $400 for home inspection. Get all those systems checked out. And if there are surprises that comes up, that come up, it's a chance to negotiate a little bit more and maybe get the seller to give you some money so you can fix some of the safety hazards or get the seller to fix mm-hmm. some of the safety hazards beforehand. Um, and even if you get a you know pretty clean bill of health on the home, that also gives you more peace of mind getting into it. And I would imagine a common question is, how long does it take to close? Yeah, yeah, that's another common one. Um, takes roughly 45 days right now to get mm-hmm. the contract to closing. The thing that takes the longest, you know, of course, you have your mortgage underwriting time, um, and a big part of that is the appraisal. The appraiser has to get out there, view the home in person, and then uh, you know they they're gonna create their appraisal report and submit it back to the bank. 
the appraisers are often very busy, mm-hmm. so it takes a while for them to get this back. That's sure. probably the longest thing that you wait on. Okay. If you're buying a home cash, no appraisals needed. Um, the only thing that they need to do is title work. In that case, you can close in probably about 10 days, 10 okay. to 14 days. All right. So if somebody's got any questions, they're looking to buy or sell, how do they get a hold of Realty Expert John Brody? Yeah, they can uh, shoot me a text, 701-213-5428. If you've got a question that you want covered, too, on one of our other podcasts, we can uh, – you know, send me or me or you a message, mm-hmm. and we can certainly cover it. Absolutely, uh, you're coming back Friday, right? Yes, yep, I'll be back on Friday. Hey, uh, have a good remainder of the week. Yes, all you right. Too. What's that? Oh, oh yeah, I, I need to order the episodes and get them up. So my podcast, th- these episodes will be available on my podcast shortly here. Okay, all right, there you go. Uh, realty expert John Brodine with Berkshire Hathaway. And I tell you what, um, if you look at Executive Properties Facebook page, they're looking to hire. So if you're going to buy or sell a home through realty expert John Brodine, tell you what, use Executive Properties to, well, tweak or fix up that house. They do all types of residential work and commercial work. Check out their Facebook page or call them up, 701-330-1273 or go to executiveproperties.org. We're going to be back on Friday. John Brodine, your realty expert, will be back with us. It's your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast.